Can't get enough of Rebel Girls? Well, luckily, the Rebel Girls app is now completely free. That's right, you can listen to the entire library of goodnight stories for Rebel Girls ad-free. Plus, check out the app's cool features like activities, trivia, custom playlists, and more. All parent-trusted and kids-safe. Find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio and download the Rebel Girls app today. Thanks for listening. Once upon a time, there was a girl who dreamed of flying through the stars, who dared to resist injustice, who lived to a beat and a rhythm that was all her own. Her name was Chloe Frida, Oprah, Celia Cruz, Josephine, Greta, Ruth, Alice. One day, she wondered, could today be the beginning of something new? This was her one opportunity to do something, something big. So that's exactly what she did. Along the way, she discovered that she wasn't alone. Her body felt strong, her mind sharp. She was prepared to work as hard as it took. Her words were making a real change, and she felt powerful. I'm Gail King. I'm Andrea Day. I'm Diane Gibbons. I'm Lindsay Vaughn. I'm Jamila Jamal. I'm Anita Hill. I'm Brenda Chapman. I'm Alana Glazer. And this is Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio. Hello again, R.L. Stein Story Club members. I'm Ivy, your ghostly host and keeper of those strange and spooky tales from the hidden vault of R.L. Stein. Today is another chilling tale. This tale, Story Club members, will make you think twice before trespassing into a haunted house. It's one I call Willow's Haunted Happening. So if you've been listening, you've heard firsthand about my travels with my friend Willow Yates. We've gone to the Oregon coast and tangled with the Bandage Man. In Washington, we ran smack dab into the mythical occupants of Ape Canyon. And in Chesapeake Bay, we sidled up to the sea monster Chessie, just to name a few encounters. Willow is one of my best friends. We grew up in West Seattle together and went to the neighborhood Grimsbridge High School there. She knew me when I was little Icky Ivy Jones, who wore a new shade of black every day in the hallowed halls of education and had my nose in a horror novel while hanging out with the emo kids at the nerd table. And if you have been listening, beloved listeners, you know how scared Willow Yates gets around the supernatural, and monsters in general. I mean, who wouldn't, right? Except a monster kid like me. <laughs> But my bestie Willow told me a recent story that thrilled me with chills, and also made me a little proud. Willow was showing her new boyfriend, Mark Summers, the old neighborhood. One of our local haunted houses had been owned by Alberta Grimsbridge, who was once a rich, wealthy woman. Alberta was known for her steely, cold resolve. She never married or had kids, preferring to spend time alone in her big, old Victorian house overlooking Elliott Bay. Except one day, her brother Marvin came calling for tea on July 18, 1911. Believing his elder sister had a secret fortune stashed from owning shares in gold mines, Marvin poisoned her tea. Believe it or not, the murder was deemed an accident by the local police. Her brother moved into her house on August 19, 1911. Two weeks later, on September 2, 1911, Marvin Grimsbridge was found dead, strangled to death. Nobody was supposed to have been in the house with him at the time. Since then, the house has had a few owners, but they always left after a few weeks, claiming to hear voices or see ghostly figures. The house was eventually left empty and fell into a state of disrepair, but it's on the historical register so it was never torn down. Willow and I used to walk past it on the way home from school, except Willow would usually run past it. Today though, she took her boyfriend Mark to see it. They went in the daytime, as Grimsbridge Manor is pretty scary at night, even if you have nerves of steel like me. 
They went around and crept through a broken window in the cellar. Willow said that she was gonna face a ghost. Her boyfriend, Mark, said he'd protect her if she couldn't handle it. Welp, they shambled through the creepy old cellar, then the first floor, then climbed the stairs to the second floor. The house was trashed with graffiti everywhere. Most of the old furniture had been broken, dust and cobwebs everywhere. They went to Alberta Grimsbridge's bedroom, which was the center window of the house on the second floor. It resembles a single eye when you look up at the house from the front yard. The figure of a woman has been seen sitting up there from time to time. But so far, so good. Willow and her boyfriend saw no ghosts. Then, all of a sudden, a voice told them to get out. A shimmering figure of a gruff old woman shouted at Willow to leave. She recognized it as Mrs. Grimsbridge immediately. Now, normally, Willow would have gone running terrified down the stairs and out of the front door. But this time, it was her big, strong boyfriend, Mark, who did all the running and screaming. Willow held her cool, apologized for breaking into the ghost Grimsbridge's house, whipped out her phone, and tried to snap a selfie with the unsettled spirit. The resulting photograph is a smiling Willow with some ectoplasmic globs, which some could describe as lens flares from the sun filtering through the broken window. When Willow shared the story with me, I was so pleased with her. Now, I'm not saying you should be wandering into the Grimsbridge Manor to snap selfies with a ghostly spinster. It's private property after all. But I am sure proud of my lovely friend for having the courage to walk headfirst into a haunted house. Maybe she and I will go on another ghostly getaway now that you can handle the haunted heat in the proverbial kitchen. I'll keep you posted, beloved listeners. Until then, stay scary. Hey there, R.L. Stein Story Club members. I'm Ivy, your ghostly host and keeper of those strange and spooky tales from the hidden vault of R.L. Stein. Today is another chilling tale. This Spirited Tales Story Club members might make you afraid of things that go bump in the night. It's one I call Autumn Spirit Guide. So if you've been tuning in, beloved listeners, you've heard firsthand my travels with my friend Autumn Nash. We've tangled with some ghosts at Johnstone's Inn, the Ford Theater, the Bachelor's Grove Cemetery, St. Augustine's Lighthouse, Mount Misery Road, and even the White House, to name a few spirited encounters. When I was talking to my psychic medium friend, Autumn, on the phone the other day, she told me about one of her first ghostly encounters ever, which I thought was pretty chilling. So I figured, why not share it on Ivy's Chilling Tales, am I right? Unlike Willow Yates and I, who grew up in West Seattle, Autumn Nash grew up in Portland, Oregon, specifically in the suburban neighborhood of Milwaukee. I met Autumn when she and I attended a seance in Seattle, and we immediately hit it off. It felt like discovering a sister I never had. Autumn grew up as an only child and had her gift early on in life. She couldn't understand all these people coming up to her and asking for help, people nobody else could see. There are so many psychic mediums out there who claim they're real when they're actually fakers. But let me tell you, my friend Autumn is the real deal. She doesn't advertise her talents. She grew up with people thinking she was weird or seriously disturbed. That's probably why we're such good friends. People said the same thing about me because I wore a different shade of black every day and read lots of horror books. Two peas in a pod. Anyway, one of Autumn's first encounters where she almost died happened about a decade ago. She was riding her bike through her Milwaukee neighborhood and then this boy in a red and yellow striped t-shirt and jeans jumped out in front of her. She crashed her bike. People on the sidewalk thought Autumn was bizarre for swerving and crashing her bike for no reason because they couldn't see the ghost of the boy, who was named Timmy Blake. The boy, who said was about 12, said he needed her help. She followed him into the woods. They came to an old, rundown shack covered in moss and dappled with light filtering through the verdant elm trees. The boy insisted that there was somebody down in the well that needed help. 
So Autumn went searching and found a well under some rotten boards. Using the flashlight from her phone, she peered down into the deep well. It smelled like mildew, and the dark water below sucked up all the light. The boy said he was exploring the woods, had found the shack, jumped on some of the boards, and had gone through them and down into the well. He had needed help getting out, but nobody came. She asked him his name, and he told her, Timmy Blake. Then, the ghostly boy attempted to shove Autumn down into the deep, dark hole. He said he didn't want to be alone anymore. Autumn had been so kind to him. He desperately needed a friend. Forever. Being total grace under fire, Autumn convinced the boy that he needed to move on, that he likely had loved ones waiting for him on the other side, and that she would help free him from his earthly confines and cross over. Once the boy accepted that he was truly dead, he passed through a hallway of light that appeared one moment and then gone the next. Autumn then no longer felt the boy's presence. When she returned home, she looked up Timmy Blake online. He was a boy who had vanished a decade before and was never found. Even though the boy had tried to kill her, she felt bad for him. His family was distraught that they never found him. Autumn then made an anonymous call to the police and said where his location was. On the news, it was reported that the remains of Timmy Blake were recovered. Though the parents were still of course devastated to have lost their son, they were relieved to finally have answers. All thanks to Autumn, who never let anyone know what she did. Well, until now, I guess. But she said it was okay to share this story, which I thought was incredible, and made me love my ghost communicating friend all the more. I love you, Autumn, and I cannot wait to go on more ghost hunting adventures with you. We'll obviously bring along our friend Willow Yates and make it a hauntingly good time. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Do you like to laugh? Ah, who am I kidding? Who doesn't like to laugh? So, okay, if you love to laugh, you'll love Don't Break the Rules. It's a hilarious comedy improv podcast where the voice actors make up their lines on the spot and try to be the only actor who doesn't break the rules. These talented actors are great at coming up with silly scenes and stories when they follow the rules for the episode. 
and it gets even sillier when they accidentally break the rules. The stories are guided by suggestions from kids like you, and the episodes feature laughs, burps, and the occasional unicorn. So if you'd like to giggle and play along, be sure to listen to Don't Break the Rules wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there, R.L. Stein Story Club members. I'm Ivy, your ghostly host and keeper of those strange and spooky tales from the hidden vault of R.L. Stein. Today is, you guessed it, another chilling tale. This rocketing tale, Story Club members, might make you afraid of technological terrors you cannot control. It's one I call the not-so-joyride. Joel Dyson did not know how to drive a car. I mean, how could he? He was only in fifth grade. Oh sure, he'd driven many cars, race cars in fact, playing video games. But this was the real deal. His father was working on a prototype car that was self-driving. It had an online computer named Cap, Centralized Automated Pilot. Cap had an agreeable voice. Joel's father, James Dyson, was a brilliant scientist who worked in robotics. I mean, yeah, there were already self-driving cars on the market, but this one specifically was designed to drive you from point A to Z without you ever having to touch the steering wheel. This one could even cook your breakfast and brew your coffee if you were late for work. It would take all the avenues that were least clogged with traffic to get you to your destination the fastest. In fact, you could also catch up on your favorite shows, play video games, listen to music, or even take a nap. Cap would be your pilot of excitement flying along the highways of boredom. Joel really wanted to ride in Cap and see for himself, but his father said that Cap wasn't ready yet. There were a few serious glitches that he hadn't quite fixed yet. His father was working from home and brought Cap to the house. It was stored in the garage. Joel was instructed not to go near the car without his father there. But do you really think a curious kid like Joel listened? If he did, the story would end right here, but it doesn't. So, Joel's parents decided to go out to dinner and a movie. His father had been working too hard and needed a break. Joel, an only child, said he didn't need a babysitter, and he was happy that his parents trusted him. After all, he had a night planned of playing online video games and eating toaster strudels. Raspberry ones with a glazed cream topping were his favorite. However, after about an hour or two of games, Joel logged off and strolled out into the garage to check out the robotic car. It was covered with a tarp, which he pulled off. The car was long, slender, and gray, resembling a bullet. It certainly seemed like a cool car. Would it really hurt that bad if he climbed inside? So Joel did just that. Inside the cab, he marveled at all the controls. He hit the start button. Cap immediately came online. Hello, Mr. Dyson. How are you today? Fine, Joel said. Just fine. But you are not Mr. Dyson. Well, Cap, I'm his son, so technically I am Mr. Dyson. What can I do for you, Mr. Dyson? Do you have any toaster strudels in here? No, sir. Only cherry pomegranate pop-tarts. Make me two. Okay, would you like coffee with that? Sure. Joel didn't actually like coffee, but when a robotic car asks you if you want coffee, you let it make coffee. Two minutes later, Joel was enjoying his hot pop-tarts and ignoring his steaming cup of coffee. Well, that was pretty neat. What was next? Could you take me for a spin around the block? Around the block? Yeah, around the city block. We'll come right back. As you wish, Mr. Dyson. The garage door opened and the car started up. Since it was electric, it didn't make any noise as the engine ignited. A moment later, the bullet car backed out into the driveway and then was headed down it. It took a sharp left and then headed around the block. 
The neighborhood houses Joel recognized blurred past. There was a highway exit up ahead, and it was late. Nobody seemed to be out on the road tonight. Joel then had an idea. Hey Cap, take the highway exit. As you wish, Mr. Dyson. The bullet car whizzed up the highway entrance ramp and onto the two-lane road that seemed to stretch on into the moonless night. They zoomed for miles, and it wasn't long until the Canadian border was coming up, fast. Cap, turn the car around. The car didn't turn around. Cap, reverse direction. The car kept bulleting toward the border of the neighboring country. If he burst through without stopping, he'd be in big trouble. Arrested, and his dad would find out. Joel didn't know which one was worse. Cap, stop the car now! The robot car maintained its current direction, increasing speed. Joel then remembered his dad telling him not to go near the car because it was seriously glitchy, and now he knew why. He closed his eyes. He could not watch the next part. So I read on the news that Joel Dyson blasted through the Canadian border and rocketed all the way to Vancouver, British Columbia, before they finally put up a roadblock and stopped him, wrecking the car. His dad, needless to say, was not pleased. And now, I guess Joel is grounded until 25. Guess when your dad says not to use the glitchy robot car, you do not use the glitchy robot car. Them's the brakes, Joel. But then again, you could have used some brakes. Car brakes, that is. Am I right? <laughs> okay, now I owe you some riddle answers from yesterday. You ready? Here's the first one again. A zombie, a mummy, and a ghost bought a house. It has all the usual rooms except for one. What room won't you find? The answer is, drumroll please, a living room. Now for the second one. What kinds of shoes do ghosts wear? The answer is boots. And the final riddle. What kind of makeup is a ghost's favorite to wear? The answer is mascara. Did you get them right, beloved listeners? If you didn't get them all right, that's okay. You just need more imagination food. Yum. Did you know there are a whole bunch of Go Kid Go shows that are like a buffet for your brain? Of course, there's the R.L. Stein Story Club, and you are a member. But there's also Bobby Wonder, who's trying to protect Pflugerville from villainous Mighty Mila, and Lucy Wow over in the Big Red Barn inventing all sorts of cool stuff with her mechanical pygmy goat, Capel. And don't forget about the wild and wacky fizzies of Flusville, Atlas and Xavier, the underwater explorers and whale of a tail, and Birdie, the conductor of Story Train. There is constant fun on the Go Kid Go network. Just search for Bobby Wonder. Lucy Wow, Flusville, Whale of a Tail, and Story Train wherever you get your podcasts and you'll find your way to a great time. And obviously, I better see you back here tomorrow for another episode with me, because every R.L. Stein Story Club member needs a little scare every day. Ivy out! Go Kid Go! Good news alert! We've sniffed out a winner from the Go Kid Go team, Snoop and Sniffy. What happens when Snoop, an experienced dog detective from London, gets sent to small town Pflugerville to train clueless puppy Sniffy as an undercover agent? Mystery, adventure, and chaos! Seriously, the town of Pflugerville isn't Dullsville like Snoop expected, and he quickly realizes that he can't handle all the action without Sniffy by his side. Even when they're able to turn a blind eye to the alien superheroes and villains battling it out for control of Pflugerville, Snoop and Sniffy have their paws full on Bark Street, with hilarious busybodies like Lorraine the Neighborhood Watch Duck, Poot the Groundhog, and Fred the Squirrel popping around. Do you love to laugh? 
Do you love animals? Do you have the brightest mind since Sherlock Holmes? Yes? Then tag along with us for the fun and see if you can help solve the mysteries by listening to Snoop and Sniffy on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.